0: and hell are ya. Welcome to episode number 148 of the Average Man Podcast. It's uh, it's bloody Anzac Day today, mate. How, how's your Anzac Day been? Did you go to the dawn service today? Did you get out there, get up at 5am and cruise down your local dawn service? Um, I know a lot of people uh, like to make a good showing there. We usually get down there, didn't get down this year. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, obviously an important day for australia and new zealand good day to remember uh the troops mate and everything that they've done for the country um yeah it makes me sad when i think about what those poor young lads especially you know when you're talking about world war 1 2 and even up to vietnam what those young lads would have been told and what they thought they were really getting themselves involved in and and you know how things played out for them um but yeah mate uh Anzac Day and, and you know If it's um, If it's, it's, it's a, a day that really 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 Resonates with you I hope you guys You know Did something mean, uh, worthwhile And meaningful today To, to, to celebrate and, and remember um, <clears throat> uh, I reckon in Headland We usually use Anzac Day As a bit of a gauge For when the The, the weather Cools off But it's been A bit tricky to tell this year Because you know We had that cyclone it came through a couple of weeks ago and basically a week and a half ago, whatever it was, and basically it kind of cooled everything down, sort of artificially, it cooled everything off for a period of time and it's been slowly warming back up again, moving towards Anzac Day. It was kind of funny because I had that Anzac Day date in my head as far as like when things normally cool off and – um you know the the weather was really nice and cool the 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 three four days after the cyclone, and then they started to slowly heat up again and it's actually getting warmer the last two three days right up towards the Anzac day so it's this kind of this this meeting of two points where the season's about to change, and the weather's still warming back up after the cyclone and Um, I was just wondering how far that would go, you know. It definitely seems to have taken the sting out of the last of the summer for us, but it's continued to heat up. So interesting to see if it heats up again tomorrow and it's still muggy or if, you know, by the end of this week, summer's really kind of done and dusted, which is what we're all hoping, you know, end of April. But, you know, who knows, man. Um, Yeah, who knows. It's funny because when you're in a place that doesn't have a stifling summer like Port Hedland, people don't generally wish for the end of, of summer summer's like what you look forward to but up here we we have a beautiful winter it's, it's wet season dry seasons up here so we have a beautiful winter which is like 26 27 28 29 30 around there pretty much most days um, and then like the summers are just filthy so 40 degrees you know 60 70 80% humidity um so yeah you kind of wait for those to finish to get back into into the life man that cyclone as well we had i don't know how much you know people listening have heard about it you would have heard a bit of humdrum in the media no doubt um for us in headland it, it, it actually ended up being a complete non event so um i probably did one of the biggest cyclone preps i've done in years this time round the biggest since 2000 and 19 anyway where, When we had the Cyclone Veronica Which hit I can't remember exactly Where the eye of it hit But it hit pretty Damn close to the Town Port Town like Port Hedland town Itself And it was a cat three And you know Fucked a bit of Shit up But um We were fine And there was a big storm surge With that cyclone And I did a proper Cyclone prep of the yard That year But since then I've just kind of meh, Left the shade sails up And done a rudimentary tidy of the yard and just kind of winged it. Uh, I did this summer too over Christmas and everything, and then this cyclone came and just had a feeling like it was going to be legit, and then obviously it looked like it was going to really land on us and hit us, and they were saying cat four and did the full cyclone prep and clean up of the yard this year, and, you know, ended up turning into a cat five, man, and hitting, you know, like 130, 40, 50 k's away from us. Which should have given us pretty destructive winds. We should have still been experiencing that as like a cat three where we were, um, but nothing happened, mate. We we just got abs like nothing. Not even like a like not even like a a, a heavy wind day. It was just nothing, which was crazy. And a lot of people, I heard, well I don't know about a lot of people, but I've heard that attributed to the fact that there was another front, another pressure system coming up the coast at the same time and that sort of pushed against the edge of the the cyclone pressure system and mitigated the winds that we would have copped on on this uh, eastern side of it. So I don't know if that's legit, but that seems like something happened because we definitely should have got more more wind than we did. Um, But yeah, it definitely cooled everything off, man, and it completely eradicated, you know, Pardue Roadhouse. I'm not sure how Pardue Station fared, but those dudes were getting like 300 kilometer an hour winds, um, sustained winds of nearly 300 kilometers an hour, massive gusts, and pretty, pretty hectic, man. It just tore through the roadhouse, ripped the roof off, flipped over trucks and dongers, and a complete mayhem, man. So I'm super glad that didn't hit like the town of Port Hedland. That would have Fucked some shit up man Like that really would have Smashed glass And fucking damaged cars And You know Trees ripped over And you know Certain places Would have lost their roofs It was It would have been Chaos man So But did all the cyclone prep And Nothing happened And then I've spent the last You know Week or so Putting bits and pieces Back together Shade sails back up And You know Yeah There's a big yard I got here And there's a fair bit of prep That goes into making a cyclone uh, ready um, Yeah so You know One hand it was great It didn't hit us and the other hand It's a hassle doing all that shit For, for in the end No reason But you know you got to better, better safe than sorry sometimes And Hey we had a surf That weekend too man I uh, Me and one of the boys Went out to the spore bank Dusted off the old surfboards And got up there and Had a surf I only caught one Shitty wave myself But the fella I went with Jackson he caught a few good waves. Some of the lads out there got some some decent waves. I, I, I probably took the wrong board out. I should have taken the big eight-footer out, but I thought it was going to be really choppy and, and have like the washing machine effect, and I'd be duck-diving heaps. I didn't want to be fighting against the big eight-foot surfboard, so I took my, my other seven-footer out, which is a lot thinner um, and a lot less leaderage, and, you know... It's easy to get around on and, and duck dive on and stuff, but it just didn't have quite enough power for me to get on the waves I wanted to. You kind of had to be in the perfect spot, because um, even though the waves looked de- decent, though it was a real wind swell, so like they didn't have much behind them. So you paddle your ass off, look like you're in the perfect spot, and then if you just if you didn't paddle hard enough or you weren't really positioned right, the wave would just pass you by. Um, but you know, we it was good fun being out there and the chance of a wave and seeing a few blokes get a couple of waves and it just man it changed the whole dynamic of being in Headland. Just that one afternoon, I just thought if we had surf, man, if we had surf, um, yeah, I don't think there'd be any reason to leave here. Really, it's just be such an awesome thing if we had surf here. But you know, we get it once a year, maybe not even. <laughs> Once on a cyclone year, uh yeah, so the kids were actually down actually kids and my wife were down in Perth with the cyclone, and pretty glad that that the kids weren't there, um, my boy, especially because I think I've mentioned on here before he's he's super anxious and and nervous around uh weather and storms and definitely cyclones. Uh, he's always on weather watch Wherever we see clouds building and stuff He was like that in Bali He's like that at home Whenever he thinks there's a storm coming If it gets a bit windy He says it's overcast He wants me to check the weather And um, So I'm glad he wasn't here for the cyclone Because I actually got a bit nervous on the day When they said it's turned to a cat five And we still don't know how How sharp it's going to hook Or if it's going to come down the coast And, and contact Port Hedland uh, He would have been freaking out man So it's good that he was down in Perth Away from all that And um Excuse me, yawning on a podcast, terrible form And um, yeah, and it was good for them to be down to Perth anyway man Just to, you know, for school holidays up here, hot, boring They went down there, stayed with the grandparents and cousins and aunties and uncle And, and, and definitely had a ball So uh, that worked out for the best, which was which was really nice man Uh, you know, I think it's been a little while since I've done a podcast. No, I did the, I did the one with Maddie Moore, um, the day after the cyclone or the day, you know, the day of the cyclone, the day before when we were in yellow alert. Um, but I didn't really go into too much, uh, about, you know, Easter and whatnot. I think we went, we went up to, to, to Broome for Easter, which was cool, man, but it was definitely hot. And it was a big ass drive. I think the last time we went, we we spent three days up there. So we left on the Thursday evening of Good of of Easter. Spent Good Friday, Saturday, Sunday there, and came home on the Monday, which was nice. This time, you know, we just got back from Bali a week earlier, and then went drove up on the Friday morning, got there Friday afternoon, evening, basically spent Saturday, Sunday there, and, and then drove home. It was. Hot as balls, and I just just got back from Bali, so I probably didn't need to, to go do that Broom trip. But uh, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbled, and it's probably going to be the last time we see Broom for for a while. So you know, it was good to get up there, and Cable Beach is always always beautiful. We had some great you know, well, the two evenings we went there had great evenings down at Cable Beach. So you know, met some other Port Hedland families, um, as you tend to do when you go to Brooms. Quite funny, we actually saw. So we got to Cable Beach Caravan Park on Friday afternoon evening, and basically two two campsites down were our neighbours from Port Hedland. They were our neighbours at the caravan park as well. We're like, "What the hell? What are you guys doing here? I didn't know you were coming up here." So they'd get, they'd travelled up a little bit earlier than us that day, and there they were. Our, they turned up, turned out being our our bloody neighbours again. So. <laughs> <laughs> which was uh, yeah pretty pretty spun out man and then yeah the kids we drove back on the Monday Emma and the kids flew down to, to Perth on the Tuesday and the kids stayed back and hung out with the the grandies and the and the cousins and aunties and uncle as I said for a, for about 10 days and then um, my parents flew them back up on the on the Saturday so yeah we had a bit of a break from the kids they had a bit of fun over the school holidays man we've had barley we went to broom uh, it's just been it's just It's been crazy, man, and my boss has been going on about the working, uh, the amount of hours worked over the last couple of months, and and I can't help but feel like in this instance he's actually right, especially for myself. Like had like I said, had barley and had long weekend for um, for Broom Easter, and then we had a long weekend, or we had the day off for the cyclone prep, and then there's another day off for Anzac Day, and I just feel like there's been I haven't had a full week or a string of full weeks in a couple of months, man. But I'm not complaining. <laughs> I'm not complaining, man. I'm enjoying doing a little less work, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, you know, take it, take it when it comes, man. I know when things get hectic and we land some big jobs and work starts really turning over and you're working Saturdays and, and all you can think about is work, you know. When that happens, I kick into gear and I do the I do the, the full-on work thing to get things over the line. So when things are slow, I think you've you could, you know you've earned the, the uh, opportunity to t- sit back and just ride it out. Uh, for the time period um, But yeah man As I said my parents were up On the weekend It was funny We were talking about Because we grew up in Carratha I think you know, if, if you know, Many of you probably already know Grew up in Carratha till I was about 8 I'm the youngest of All my, of my two brothers And my sister So we were there for quite a while And um, You know my parents have You know A connection to the To the Pilbara And they know this area And it's funny how it how it's changed and how it's stayed the same over the last 30 odd years um, but we were talking about the FENACLE carnival in Caratha uh, yearly which is the iron and sodium and what's CLE FE iron NA sodium CLE uh, I don't know I should know that but anyway um, which is is that, yeah anyway Um and which is a carnival they have each year and held in Gratha. and when we were kids in in the i guess it was the early 90s because i still remember it, it was probably going on in the eight, late 80s but but the specific times we were talking about would have been early 90s 9091 um they had so it would have been would have been Hammersley Hammersley Iron back then i guess and Dampier Salt and they had a massive foam pit they'd set up on in the middle of the oval where the carnival was like this foam pit was the size of my block it was like a it was it was huge maybe I mean it felt like that big as a kid maybe it was a five hundred square meter block of foam it was like three meters high and it was like you know flame retardant foam that you get from fire extinguishers and they'd pump it into this massive big ball in the middle of the oval and the kids were just running through it that was what what it was there for and we're just thinking about that as an adult and like how dodgy it was because you ran into that foam ball and you couldn't see anything. You didn't know where you were. You didn't know where your friends were. You didn't know which way you were going. You didn't know how far in you were, how far you had to go to get out. If you bumped, bumped into someone and fell on your ass and got trampled on, and you're like, you could suffocate in there, man. I remember putting my head inside my shirt so I could like have a bit of a gap between my mouth and my shirt to, to, to breathe without sucking in you know, flame-retardant foam. And it was just we were just like laughing at that, going, "Man, the eighties, early nineties were such a different time. Like nobody really gave a fuck that that's what we were doing." You saw that now, you'd be like, "Holy shit, that's dangerous, man!" You know, it just wouldn't happen. And I just love to think that I like to think that, like, someone who was involved in organising that, they they knew it was a bad idea. They threw the idea out there. They started planning it, and there came a point where someone. Perhaps when they saw The ball of foam And how big it was They thought Oh this isn't a good idea Someone knew It wasn't a good idea But it was like It had just taken on A life of its own You know The moment was too big It had already arrived The kids were there The foam ball was there The adults were excited To see what would happen When the kids started Running through it And then the kids Start frothing And it was just It was too late To rein back in And this thing grew A life of its own And off it went, and we had this big foam ball pit party thing on the on the oval, which was just so cool, man. But you know, yeah, that was the uh, that was the late eighties slash early nineties for you, man. Different time, different time. Hey, um, something I wanted to to bring up on this, I I, I saw some reports um, just over the last couple of days. One of the videos I saw was from Rv Yemeni of Rebel News and another, some other posts by um, story by The Real Rookshan. Uh, both of those guys are on Instagram and they're independent reporters in Victoria who, who, who sort of, to me, came into the spotlight during um, COVID and they were really covering raw, truthful news stories um, exposing a lot of bullshit and fuckery from governments and law enforcement and things around policy that just didn't make sense and you know ha- uh, f- you know faced a lot of scrutiny and backlash and uh, even uh, potential prosecution from law enforcement and, and, and other powers that be. And there's a few guys like this out there, and I think it's really important to follow them and support them and help get their message out there. Um, But these guys reported that just over the weekend gone, the Victorian police set up a post with about 100 officers uh, right next to the legalised cannabis protest that was organised in Melbourne on the weekend and made dozens of arrests for for things like petty offences and, you know, possession and... General, generally, just harassed the attendance of the uh, of the rally, and you know. Meanwhile, a huge percent of real crime doesn't even get you know sold. No one gets there in time. Half of the times it's a uh, you know the, the, things are all over by the time that the police get there, and it. <sighs> Yeah, and they've got the resources to have a hundred cops just sitting in a peaceful protest, harassing people for no bloody reason. Um, especially like to, in today's like in it, today this day and age, you know, it 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 just sort of surprises me that. We can spend those kind of resources on something that's in the middle of becoming legal and, and widely accepted. It's been prescribed by doctors all around the country and it's been shown to have huge benefits and very minimal side effects. And we're making that illegal and then the cops are going out and arresting people who are at a rally to legalise it. These are, you know, normal people who who are just standing up for something that they believe in. I just can't believe that that's still going on in 2023, man. You know? Yeah, just bloody <laughs> just sucks mate it, it it bloody sucks um yeah i don't know what the real statistic is of crime that goes unsolved um uh, i actually tried to look that statistic up for this podcast but it, there is no statistics on that uh which makes sense when you think about it like they're unsolved because they don't get reported or police don't attend uh or you know yeah, the people just flat out get away with things so there's no no one counting the things that don't get picked up by police but you know people out there in the real world know how often something gets knocked off from your house there's a break and enter someone gets bashed uh, whatever it is sexual harassment all these things that happen out in the world and nothing happens there's no reprimanding from police there's, to police don't even attend whatever it is criminals shady people you know Get off scot-free, yet there's resources to send a hundred of these guys out to stand next to a peaceful protest and harass the fuck out of the attendees, which is just disgusting, man. You know they were searching guys and pulling people up because they had a fucking joint in their pocket, and making arrests, and it's just like you fucking losers, man. Is is that what you joined the force for? Is that the best use of police and Taxpayer resources that we can find for these guys, man. What what benefit to society was that sting? Setting up a a, a makeshift police quarters next to the the rally, hundred cops there, harassing people and harassing. Them. What benefit to society was that? Like absolutely fucking zero. And these are the clowns, the people that organise that, and put those cops out there. These are the people making the decisions and running our country. It's a fucking disgrace, man. You know what else I found out when I was looking up that statistic? I found this I found this horrible statistic out that between 2020 and 2021, 68,791 people were proceeded against, so had court dates, for COVID nineteen related offences, and sixty eight percent of those were in New South Wales, which is fucking madness. Now, to be fair, I thought that sixty eight percent of those would have been in Melbourne. Perhaps that, that was just the the way. Um, you know, I guess the independent media guys that I follow are from Victoria, so I kind of maybe that's just why I've got better intel on what's going on in Victoria, and I need to follow some guys from New South Wales and the rest of the country as well. But how's those numbers, man? 68,791 people were proceeded against for COVID-19-related offences. 68% of those were from New South Wales. That, that is fucking wild, man. So there'll be people who were at rallies. There were people that didn't wear their masks, didn't get vaccinated and went into public. There'll be people that were non throughout that whole pandemic. They were proceeded against. Thousands and thousands Tens of thousands of them Fucking wild man Fucking wild This The shit that's happened In the last three years And you know They always talk about How resilient And how adaptive humans are We fucking put up with that And we adapted to that lifestyle Super quick Fucking terrifying How quickly we adapted to it And how quickly The governments Have just moved on from it Like nothing ever happened Business as usual Fucking crazy man Fucking crazy um, you know, while we're on the subject, some other important life questions I've been thinking about this week. Why do really old men, like, you know, really old men, never wear beards? Think about it. Think about it. I know you get like 60 and maybe even 70-year-old people with beards, they would be like scraggly, homeless-looking ones, but... Think about like an old, old dude. Why do really old men never wear beards? They're always clean shaven. Isn't that weird? What's with that man? Another one. Can you believe that in 2023, this day and age, with all our technology our culture, everything we know and everything we've learned from the past, the things that we're attempting to do moving forward in the future, AI, traveling to other planets, colonization, curing all disease, wiping out unnecessary species, genetic genetic modification, gene splicing, everything we're capable of in 2023 and beyond. And we still wipe our ass with toilet paper. We still fold up a square of toilet paper and wipe our ass with our hand after we do a shit. How fucking barbaric is that? Is that really the best solution we have for that everyday event at this point in time? I mean... There's better I know there's better options At least I've, Have you ever used a bidet? I've used a bid I just used one in Bali recently I've used them before that But I've used a bid I mean that's a massive step up Washing your asshole After you do a shit Whoa What a novel idea Like would you Could you imagine Getting shit on your hands Then just wiping it off With a piece of paper towel And being like Yeah we're cool All good Good to go You know what I mean? Like, oh, okay, I can understand you eat with your hands and stuff, but, like, what if it was your forearm or your chest or your cheek? Got some shit on there. would you just wipe it off with a piece of paper towel and be done with it? Like, no, you fucking wouldn't. You'd wash it, man, at a minimum. But we don't. We're just cool with wiping that shit with a few squares of fucking toilet paper and, and being done with it, walking off. Fucking wild, man. How about 90s internet porn? Do you anyone here of the, the correct vintage to have been uh, subject to 19, 1990s internet porn? Because I was, I was like 16 when that shit started hitting. And it was rough. It was exciting and rough at the same time. So when I started using the internet at home, we had a dial-up modem. So if someone was on the phone, you are fucked, you couldn't use the internet. One line. If you I own on the phone, you could use the internet. And when you press connect to the internet, it would go. And then sometimes it wouldn't work. Yeah, fuck. Press it again, fucking connect Ding Connected Yes You're on the internet And then You go to www.whatever I can't remember, remember What we'd type in There wasn't a lot of websites yet But you'd go to some website And you'd look up some porn Look up a Naked girl Maybe someone famous Someone who you knew Had shown their tits before Or something You'd google up a picture of them And then you go to the website and it would just start loading Like if it was a picture of a naked chick It would start loading The whole screen was going to be the picture And the top of the screen, like a printer Would start loading like line at a time So you see the background first Then you see a bit of hair Then you see some forehead Then you see her eyes, ooh she's got pretty eyes and you see her face and nose, neck. You're like, fuck yeah. She's pretty, man. And we get down to the shoulders. Oh, yep, there's some exposed clavicles. Get down past the shoulders. Start seeing the breasts being formed. Yes, here we go. Still loading, still loading. The fucking breasts are coming. And then by the time you hit the nipples, you were fucking loving life. Yes, we got titties. We got titties. I'll tell you what, man. I was fucking 16 years old. I never made it past the belly button. I was fucking done by the time we got to the belly button. didn't even need to see the bush. Fucking waited five minutes for them titties to load, man. It was fucking... That's all a 16-year-old boy can handle. I'll tell you what. Jesus. Fuck, me. You you, fucking... You, older, you younger fellas don't understand, mate. I was even around... I was even around in the time of magazine porn. I, I we used magazine porn when I first came up, mate. When it was you know first started experimenting with the old body and the old hormones, started raging. And you had to blow off fucking some some fucking blanks before you went out into the world. You can't go out with a loaded gun. Everyone knows that. I was we were using magazines, bro. And and now quite often. They were shared magazines. I didn't have magazines in my house. I had nowhere I could store magazines. I, I didn't, didn't know how to where to buy them. I was too young. Someone's uncle would have them, or someone's older brother had given them a stash of magazines, or someone could buy even just the People magazines. They used to have Home Girls of the Week in the back of the People magazines picture, and People magazines. Remember those girls with their titties out in the back of those magazines, and they would be months old when you were looking at them months sometimes years old i looked at playboys that were years old man i I don't know how many other dudes had handled them before me years old pages stuck together and all like crinkled and shit you know why that page is stuck together it's disgusting that's how we we were savages that's how we had to survive back then. It was whatever you could get your hands on. It wasn't just porn on tap like there is nowadays. People got porn on their phone. HD, full-length movie porn on their fucking phone, man. Whatever floats your boat. Nah. We had slow-loading internet porn on the personal desktop computer at home. Or we had shared magazines... Maybe you were fucking in a lofty position. You had your own stash of magazines. And, I mean, in desperate times call for desperate measures. I've jacked off to a national graphic magazine once once or twice, mate, a couple of times as a kid, you know. Like, wh- what have you got to do, man? Some fucking tribal African chick with big saggy titties, whatever you... Get your greasy little hands on When you're fucking 16, 17 years old Man, teenage hormones hit different It's, it's fucking It's a necessity you, you you fucking get that out So, your kids today Don't understand what we had to put up with Mate, it was It was fucking savage times It was savage times Well Moving on from that just before I get out of here, I've got a couple of things I want to go through. Um, something that's I've been thinking about lately. Super important. Um, I'm going to say it straight out. I'm not going to beat around the bush here, right? Homer Simpson is a better father, a better man than Peter Griffin any day of the week. There you go. There you go. I'm just going to say it, mate. I said it. Now, let me break it down. Look, I, I, I love me some Peter Griffin as much as the next man. Peter Griffin from Family Guy is, is, is great. He's hilarious. But Homer Simpson is a, is, is a far better man any day of the week. He's a better husband most of the time, better father. I mean, he always had a job. He held down a job, he held down the same job for years and years and years at the power plant there. He always held down a job and provided for his family. Peter Griffin was unemployed, I think, most of the time. Most of the time. Homer Simpson was a better fighter. I mean, do you remember the time when Bart went out to a a, a surrogate father type agency called Bigger Brother and and he got a you got a bigger brother To hang out with him Homer was hanging out With some like Homeless kid named Peppy Bart went out And got a bigger brother Who's like a father figure And hung out with this dude And you know Tried to replace Homer and Homer caught him t- Caught him together At the baseball game I think it was Or a fair or something And uh, they punched on They punched on like Across the whole town I reckon It was just like a 10-15 minute Punch on man It went for fucking Across the, the stretch Of all of Springfield Um, there was a time that Fucking Homer Simpson was a professional boxer He fought like a Mike Tyson type dude And his, his, his boxing His his boxing superpower was that He couldn't get knocked out So he'd just let dudes punch him in the head For like four or five rounds straight Or whatever, nine rounds straight Until they were completely gassed And then he'd just punch him once And knock him out Homer Simpson was fucking He was a G man I mean, Peter Griffin did fight a giant chicken Um, Which was a pretty epic fight too But I mean it was a chicken You know Homer was a professional boxer So Homer's got him covered there Homer didn't take shit from no one either man You know Peter was always letting people take the piss out of him And fucking Get one over on him And you know Homer didn't take shit from no one I mean Except from fucking Burns But It was his boss you know So it's a bit It's a bit hard Yeah he was always fucking Standing up for himself and, and, And making a stand Fucking, I, I guess Peter Griffin probably had better friendships. You know, he held down better friends. Obviously, Brian the dog was his best friend. He had uh, the black dude whose name I can't remember. He was a good friend. He had Quagmire, who was a sexual predator, but you know was a good friend of his. Joe, the neighbor in the wheelchair. So he had some good friendships. You know, he, he spent a lot of time with his with his boys. Homer. Yeah, I mean he kind of had Lenny and Carl But that was more kind of like acquaintances uh, Mo, he was kind of more of a customer at the pub Than a friend of Mo's uh, I mean he had Barney But you know, let's face it Barney was an alcoholic And he also fucked him over that one time When they both went into the uh, snow plough business So you know I think Peter's probably got him covered On the friendship side of things but, I mean, Homer got him covered on creativity and engineering, man. Homer Simpson was a creative motherfucker. You know, he invented a car. He invented a car that sent his brother's car company broke. He invented the electric hammer, which was a fucking brilliant idea. Uh, the everything's okay alarm, which is an alarm that goes off every 30 seconds. Uh, it's a real high-pitched annoying noise unless something's not okay, then it stops going off. Uh, the makeup gun, shotgun, it blows makeup straight onto your face in one foul swoop, so women don't have to spend so long in the bathroom getting ready to go out. The lazy man recliner toilet, which was a big like re- recliner TV seat, like couch seat uh, for, your, for your TV room with a toilet built into it, so the lazy man watching TV doesn't even have to get up and go to the toilet. You build a safety chair with legs on it, so a wooden chair that if you lean too far back. Two little safety legs pop out and catch you before you fall over. I mean, they're all worthless pieces of shit. But, you know, he invented a lot of things, man. More than you can say for Peter Griffin. So, he had a crack, man, you know. So, I mean, I dare you to challenge me on that one. Call me out if I'm wrong on it. But I'm calling it. Homer Simpson was a better man than Peter Griffin any, any day of the week. Tune in next week and we'll go into uh, who is the better slash hotter wife, Marge or Lois. All the big questions answered here on the Average Man Podcast. Um, Look, man, that probably pretty much wraps it up. A bit of media I've been watching lately. We'll quickly recap, I guess. Um, Surprisingly, found a good TV show. It's on Apple TV. It's called Ted Lasso. It's um, it looked goofy, so I didn't watch it for ages. And then I was bored one evening couldn't find something to watch, and I chucked it on, and actually really liked it. I'm into season two now. It it it's um, uh, Jason Sudeikis, who's from things like uh, Horrible Bosses and some other American comedies, and he's obviously an American guy, American football coach that's been hired by an English Premier League. Football team Soccer team To coach The soccer team And he obviously Knows nothing about the game There's a clash of two cultures And it's actually really good It's got some good Characters in there Good humour It's uh, real strong On the English humour And then he brings The American humour to it uh, Him and his his Assistant coach But I like What I like about it And I was thinking This while I was watching The other day Is that The big difference between American sitcom comedies And English sitcom comedies Is In American sitcom comedies There's like the main character Who's funny Maybe one or two of his friends You know There's the main Real core group of people That are funny And they carry the show And in the English comedies You know Like The Office Um And and there's a bunch of other ones Um the whole cast is is pretty good. The whole cast is funny, so even though there's a couple of guys, ca- you know, support like the main guys and the support guys carrying it, there's like everyone's a character. Everyone's got a really good role to play. They really flesh out the the supporting characters and even background characters a lot better than they do in the American sitcoms. They mean a lot more, and they sets a more of a uh, a larger Sphere of influence That the The comedy can have You know You've got like a, a whole town It feels like the whole town Or the whole club Or the whole neighbourhood Are involved in In the In the The jokes And in the scenes And it's pretty cool The way that they, they do that They do that really well um, So that's a good one Ted Lasso um, Operation Fortune Which is the latest Guy Ritchie film Which was pretty good uh, It was pretty good Didn't know that was A new uh, Guy Ritchie film out So it kind of Was a nice surprise um, Has Hugh Grant in it Who I like As a bit of a gangster He does uh, he does that part well That was good uh, Rabbit Hole Which is uh, Keith the Sutherland One I started watching On Prime It's a bit You know It's a weird like CIA Secret agent Someone's been set up Their life's being destroyed type of show And it was okay But really had like a 90s sitcom type feel to it Just like plot and feel And the way they they, The flow and the cadence of the show So it was a bit meh I kind of dropped off after about three or four episodes And Dead Ringer we've just started Which is on Amazon Prime as well Which is brutal man It's these two twins who are doctors Fertility One's like a Um um what's a what's a baby doctor called again I'm blanking on it um anyway it's really annoying. But I can't think of that one's a baby that helps give birth and one's one that helps women fall pregnant um and they are both twins and they're both kind of fucking crazy and they uh are trying to start their own birthing clinic and fertility lab. And they're kind of Will stop at nothing To get what they want And it's like R rated And they show you babies Being given birth to And Like a lady lost her baby And there's a dead baby On it It's like it's, it's rated R And as a horror It's not a horror But it just It shows horrible things And it's pretty hectic So I've said to the missus We can watch One episode of that At a time At an evening And not the last thing We watch before we go to bed Because it'll send you to bed with some dark feelings But it is very interesting Twisted and interesting. I'm kind of, I'm 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 intrigued. So we'll see how. I'm only on episode two. We'll see where that, uh, where that goes. Obstetrician, motherfucker. That's the name of a doctor that gives, helps with babies. Obstetrician. Anyway, uh, I think that's about it for now, man. So, yeah, Anzac Day, public holiday. Um, You know, I think that we covered enough things. On today's potty, mate, anything you want to discuss, get back to me about, want to hear me talk about, uh, anything like that, hit me up on socials, Instagram is the best one to get hold of me on. Uh, Share the episode, like the Instagram page, like the Facebook uh, page, but especially like the YouTube page as well, please. Um, Appreciate your time and your ears. Uh, Take it easy and I'll catch you in the next one. Average Man Podcast episode number 148. Peace. See ya.